You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. And welcome or welcome back to another episode of Black Here in the Big Leagues. I'm your host, Alicia Thomas, and I am very excited to introduce to you my new guest today. Um, let's see here. She's a stylist who has worked with everyone from Regina King to Anna Kendrick. And seriously, everyone in between. Um, on the Watchmen, Lovecraft Country, Respect, Gifted, Just Mercy, Women of the Movement with Adrian Warman, Warren and, and Tanya Pinkins as well. Uh, she was nominated for her work on Pitch Perfect 3 and has officially been Oscar shortlisted for her work as department head on Apple TV's Emancipation, starring Will Smith. Y'all, please help me welcome Andrea Mona Bowman. Thank Hi. You, thank you. Hi. Thank you. Um, how are you and where are you in the world today? I'm good. I'm actually department heading a NBC TV show in Memphis, Tennessee called Young Rock right now. Oh. <laughs> That's yeah. Uh, wait, time, so I was looking at your resume and it looks like you never stop working. Is that how it feels? I don't. I've been fortunate and blessed enough that I rarely stop. I prayed years ago and asked God to just let me take care of that and flood it out. And I'm just putting in this work for the next 15 years. And then once I stop, I'm done. <laughs> Wow. I know I was looking through your Instagram and you like post about your granddaughter sometimes and she's so beautiful, by the way. And I was like, wait a minute, grandma, you don't look like anybody's grandma. You look like you. You yes, look so girl. good. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be 50 this year. So, yeah. See, you know that black don't crack. <laughs> You look so amazing. And when I'm, I'm like, you are absolutely goals. One of my best friends, she's 10 years older than me. I just turned 30 last year. I'm about to turn 31. And she looks so good. I'm like, when I look at people who are doing things, who look the same age as me or younger, I'm like, oh, can I drink some yes, potion? My, son, my oldest son will be 32 on the 14th. Yes, okay. <laughs> Literally get out of here. Wait, yes. um, are you from, you're, you're from Atlanta. No, I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm I reside in Atlanta. Yes. Oh. I'm a Louisiana girl. <laughs> okay, so wait. When did you start doing hair? Uh, professionally or when I got my license? <laughs> Just any so, when did you start putting people's your hands in people's heads? When I was in seventh grade. My first haircut was seventh grade. My cousin got a bad haircut from a another stylist and she came home crying and don't ask me how I felt like I could fix it. I just wanted to help her because she was, she lost, you know how the salt and pepper at the stack? She uh -huh. had really long hair like my braids and she gave up all that hair to get that stack out and the lady gave her a bowl cut and messed her up so bad and she just cried, cried, cried and I felt so much compassion for her. I had never cut anybody hair but I could see when she showed me the picture. I said, show me the picture. She showed me the picture and I can see the angles. And I told her all I had to do was this. And I got those orange handle scissors and cut it, <laughs> and curled it. And the rest is history. Yeah, my cousin, shout out to Tarshina, because ever since I cut her hair, it had led to another haircut that led to another haircut that led to that haircut. And college and 
I've been, and then I got my license, I think in 1993. That's when I finally got licensed, but yeah, seventh grade. Seventh grade. And when you say the orange handle scissors, you talking about like paper cutting scissors? <laughs> yes, that's what I didn't know shears. I didn't know the difference between a pair of shears and scissors at that point. All I wanted to do was give my cousin a good haircut so she could stop crying. And it happened. So wait, when you went to college, what'd you major in? Did you major in hair? No, microbiology. I want to be a scientist. Yes. Yes, I want to be a scientist. And I didn't realize until I actually got into beauty school how much chemistry, which I love chemistry and biology, that was involved in going into the salon. It made such a difference because understanding pH of hair, understanding porosity, all these different things, and making sure that you're having the right intake of water, type of vitamins, all that kind of stuff. Didn't I know God was already setting me up way back then? <laughs> didn't even have a clue. So how do you go from being in school my, to microbiology yeah. to thinking, I want to actually, no, I want to do hair professionally. Well, Did you have this, the support from your family? Eh, no, because actually when I, by the time I went to college, I had such a clientele already. I was doing hair out of my mama's kitchen. So when I went to college at Wiley College, shout out to Wiley College. Come on. Johnson Moon um, dorm room. Uh, the girls did not have access in Marshall, Texas to black sal uh, salon. So I told them I could do and I set up shop on Saturdays. I had a whole little roster you signed in and I charged $35 for relaxers and cuts and $15 for cuts. And that was support me because I had already had my first son by then, um, my senior year. So I told my mom, you don't have to worry about it. I have a business here. And I met a girl. <laughs> I'll never forget her. Her name is Donette. I can't remember her last name, but Donette was from Detroit. And you know, Detroit back in the day was the mecca of black hair. Like you, you was from Detroit and did hair, you know how to do hair. So she was in the upperclassmen dorm. I was in the freshman dorm. She got word on the street that I was doing other people. And she came and she met me and she was like, girl, I'm so glad you're here. I'd be so wore out trying to do everybody. So you're going to do the freshman? I'm going to do the upper class. I'm going to show you how to do extensions. I'm going to show you how to do updo. So I just sat there and watched her. And I'm the type of person, if I see it one time, I can mimic it. And that's what I did. I just sat at her feet. And that was way even before. That was in 1991, 92. I didn't get my license until 93. And how I even fell into my license, I got pregnant with my second son. And I told my mom, I'm like, I don't want to be that daughter that just dropped their kids off on their mother. I'm coming back home. I'm going to figure it out. I moved into the project that was not too far. And I was going to those programs. You know, they have to, you have to go to the programs to get assistance. And I remember this guy, he's a preacher now. I'll never forget him. And he was asking questions like, what are you going to do with your life? You guys, you have to sit down and focus, write this five-year plan. And, da -da -da -da. and I was just sitting there and I remember going home that day and I sat outside of my apartment on the stairs and I was like, God, I know it's more than this. I'm not knocking this. I'm grateful, but I know it's more for me. I know it. I just know it. My cousin stayed upstairs. She got two kids, stay in the project as well. She came down and she said, cousin, let's go to beauty school. Mm. And I was like, Beauty school. Remind you, I'm doing hair in, in my apartment. I'm doing the hood thing. I'm doing the hood girl. I was the girl that you can come and 
Yeah. Uh, get your hair done for twenty dollars. Get your little quick updo. Let's make yes. it happen. And I was like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. So when I seen her interest in wanting to go to school and get something professional for her, see, God was setting me up, and I didn't even know it until years later. I'm so busy trying to help her because that's me. I'm just a helper. I'm trying to help her get out of project as if I'm not in the project with your kid. But oh. I knew my drive. I knew that wasn't it for me. But I knew. The type of situation from her, her upbringing, she was going to end there if we didn't stop it now. So I went with her, went to the beauty school, <laughs> never forget it just like it was yesterday. We walking through doing the tour and I was like, wow, God, that's amazing. You got her plan. Now what's for me? I'm just like, okay, what, wow. what's up? Who's the supporter? What's up? We sat down and talked to the instructor and the lady said, you do know if you're a good hairstylist, you can make up to $100,000. I said, I said, um, like, I said, I said, um, ma'am, what do I need to do to sign up? Yeah, because I want all of this. Oh I, my gosh. And started school two weeks later, and the rest is history. But the crazy part about it, my cousin dropped out two weeks later and you know what? It it's like that sometimes. It'd be like that sometimes. The person who drags you to the audition, you end up getting the, the role. And they, they don't even get the call back. They're like, oh, wait a minute. But it is, everything works out the way it's supposed to be. And I love how you're talking about when you're in the dorms, how the other, the other girl, like she's, you can, there could have been a rivalry there. And instead there was a support. Exactly. And that's what I love about her. And I'll never forget, I'll always give her a shout out because her embracing and not just embracing, she seeks me out because she sees yeah. my work. And she was like, sis, she Let's said, I'm it. busy. Can you help me? I'm overwhelmed. I Every, can't help. I know. I'm, I've never like done anybody's hair, but I'm always like trying to find people who do hair and they be trying to keep it a secret. I'm like, girl, why are you trying to keep it a secret? Can you do my hair? She's like, because it'd be, because I would say from a hairstylist perspective, from I worked in the salon for 20 years before I totally walked away and went to TV and film. So my clients, like when I first got my first job, everybody was so excited. But it was when I started booking and booking and booking and then I had to push them back. And they did not. It used to be they would invite their moms, their friends, their cousins. After that, they was like, oh, every man for themselves. I want Mona. I'm having this appointment yeah. and nobody else is coming. And that's what it becomes. That's why. Because a lot of times they don't want to have that weight or not be able to get in. <laughs> So if you're really good, that's why a lot of them be like, yeah. it's a secret. <laughs> what was that moment for you of when you got your first big gig? Oh, okay. And what was it? Let me tell you the little short version of my journey leading up to that point right quick. So my cousin had started doing film but she was doing the little low budget stuff with um that they was doing in new orleans they had started picking up master p the different rappers or whatever so come she on was a, a boom operator she was costumes all that because she trying to she trying to get on so she messed around and booked a couple little small gigs and she came to me on thanksgiving i know you probably say she remember this for her work i do because it was so specific we talked on Thanksgiving. I'm one of the biggest hairstylists in my city at this point. Come on. So she, she come and telling me, she was like, cuz, uh, you can do it because you cold blooded, you do everything. Da, 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 da. And I was like, I'm about business. How much do they charge? How much are they paying? 
She was like, well, the little old budget was like twenty dollars. I said, sweetie. Oh that's no. So sweet. I said, that's so sweet. Baby, my haircut is $65 and I can do two in one hour. So what that tell you? Do the math. Ain't nobody giving $130. <laughs> so I said, but you know what? Since you think that I can really do this, let's pray about it now. <laughs> and if God gonna put me in this place, he's not gonna only meet me, he's gonna beat me. I said, let's stand in agreement. And we did. That was Thanksgiving by Christmas. It was a week before Christmas. She got called about a two-day gig in New Orleans. And I told her, I was like, mm, I really want to get out of the city. If they're going to pay for my hotel and give me per diem, I'll drive down just to do the two-day to see if I even like it. Because two-day commitment, I can do stuff for two days. Went down, did the, the uh, little two-day thing. And I remember driving down. Uh, my mentor from my church, she said, Mona, that sounds so good. But call Pastor Gant, which is my pastor, and ask Pastor to pray for you. And I said, oh, you know what? You're right. Much as I travel, I never did because I would go to all these different trainings and stuff by myself, but I never asked my pastor. And I did. Fast forward. Did the gig. Here come Christmas, Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday, I get a call from my pastor's wife. Hey, Mona, what you doing? It's a young man over here that's doing film because Katrina has hit by then and all the work from New Orleans is in Louisiana, in Shreveport. So they're telling me that this guy is here that wanted to talk to me about a film and this and this and this and that. And I'm tired because I don't went Sunrise Service. I ain't trying to go. But I'm telling them on the phone. Yeah, I'll be up there. Yeah, yeah girl. Yeah. But see, I'm the type of mother that practices what I preach. I always taught my children, you never know that one opportunity can be that one thing that could change your life. So after I hung up, my middle son, Chris, was in the car. And I said, I ain't going over past again in them house. I ain't thinking about that. I'm going to go lay down. And my son, mom, aren't you the one talking about opportunity? Ooh, I'm driving. I'm like, okay, now I got to go because I cannot not honor my word. But my son said, mama, drop me off because they ain't asked for me. They asked for you. So I still have to go home, drop him off. I'm a hot man. So I to drive. He did I, that. I get to my pastor's house, talk to this guy. 15 minutes, he stopped me in my tracks. And he said, Mona, I know you're the one. He, you ever had that feeling that somebody's the one? He said, you're the one. I'm going to give you a chance for a lifetime. The guy name is Ken Walker, one of the biggest legendary hairstylists of our industry. One of the oh. first that black hairstylists. Done, been with Denzel. I'm talking about you name and Mr. Ken has been that one, but he's passing going on the glory. But yes, he was the one that I met. And guess what the movie was? What? The Great Debaters. Oh, gosh. I oh. said all that to get to that drum line. The Great, I love Debaters. That. The Great Debaters. Everybody has seen that movie. But guess what the irony is? You remember what I said when I went to college? I went to Wiley College. The Great Debaters was based off Wiley College. Oh my gosh. You see that full see, circle? But God is a poet though, and he knows. He knows. Literally, it, that, that's poetic. Isn't it amazing? I sit and still peach myself to this day, and that's been over 16 years, and I still just peach myself because. When I got to shoot on that campus, having been there since I left in 92, I was just like, this is cool. Wow. This is I played cool. basketball in this gym. I was a dancer in this 
in this dance troupe. And I was hoping that That's I could so cool. see some of the people that was there. And guess who was there? My coach. She was in her she was in her classroom and I was able to see her before she passed away. And it was just like a full circle moment. I remember crying and just thanking God so hard driving back home because I thought that was just another fluke. That was just an opportunity. Didn't yeah. know Mr. Kim was right. He gave me a chance of a lifetime. Here it is 16 years later and I'm still going strong. Okay, wait, so when you're working on a project, what's your favorite part to be in? Do you like to be the designer, the head? Do you like to have your hands in the hair? What area is your favorite? All of them. I am very strategic and however God placed me, that's where I, 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 I flourish. I'm okay with being uh, an additional. I'm okay with being the key. I'm okay with being the leader. I'm okay with department. I'm okay with being just the designer. I'm okay with all of that because He's I know- He's just the designer. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and most of the time when I get a department head position, I design, I do, I do everything because nine yeah. times out of 10, if you get me on your team, you know that I'm the type that's going to pour into whatever that project is because I'm very passionate. I'm I prayed a prayer a few years ago and God has really truly honored. And I wanted, I have such a passion for period hairstyling, but for African-American period hairstyling, because I like texture and I like for mm. it to be correctly. I'm, Thank you. A, I'm a stickler about authenticity of textures and time frames and people of certain classes and all these different things that most people don't really taken to play when they're designing or even developing. And I try to research, I'm a research junkie. When I tell you mm. I can see a hairstyle, I can tell you immediately what time period that came from. Immediately. Ooh, that is awesome. I can tell you what products they use. I can tell you, I don't even have to process. It's like second nature, but this is how I've trained because my mother was a school teacher for 32 years. And she told me, if this is where you're gonna be, you're gonna have to be the best and you always put yourself in a position to where you know what you're talking about. Mm. And that's what I did, because I know this is gonna sound funny to you. I never wanted to do hair. Never, ever. Really? But I love, I love people. And so I always seen how doing people's hair changed, especially black women. Yes. Because it didn't matter if they lost everything, they going through whatever, they get their hair done, girl. It's a new day. It's a that's new a day new when you have a good hair day, especially. And that's what matters. Yeah. And that changed my whole mindset, you know, growing into it, even from a, because that was my prayer as a young woman. My mother couldn't do my hair. She wore wigs and she always, her solution was just put a wig. I said, mama, if one of these little boys snatched this wig off my head, I'm going to jail because I'm going to kill everybody at the school. And she was like, well, baby, I don't know how to do hair. And she didn't. And she tried, bless her little heart. She would I put mean, me in the fairy curls. And I hated alone. the chemicals and all that. And I would just say, Lord, please let me learn. Lord, please. And after I did my cousin hair, that's when I started cutting and curling my own hair. By the time I went to high school, I was cutting and curling and relaxing and perming and flipping and dipping and everything, my own hair. By the time I got to a senior in high school, girl, I was a pro. Do you hear me? Wow. <laughs> that is so relatable. Yeah. My mom still doesn't know. She, when my hair is natural, she's like, do something with that. I'm like, what? <laughs> I did. 
<laughs> but most of the, because how old is your mom? Um, knocking on 70. I think she's 68. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because my mom's 75. It's that little time frame, especially yep. with her hair. They didn't really understand it. And she would, would part of that press world. And uh -huh. I was a boy. And so that press would last 20 seconds. And my hair will revert right back because as soon as you let me back outside, I'm out there. You're sweating. Back, it's raining. Sweating. It's anything. And I'm from Louisiana. So and you know the. Oh. That's a wrap. I go to sleep and wake up. My hair was goof. I'm like, why go through all this? I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> my family's from Arkansas. And so it's it like wet. Tallette. Is, is, that... is it close to Fayetteville? Maybe. Uh -huh. It's in the middle of nowhere. Google doesn't even recognize it. If you are lost, that is it. You, the maps will not lead you back there. You have to know the roads. It is in the middle of nowhere. And my grandma was the mayor for multiple terms. She took, but it's a little town, and it sounds like toilet. And anyway, it is muggy. That's amazing. Look, your family got a story, girl. I love that. Oh, they do. They're like, oh yeah, we know Bill Clinton's son. I'm like, who? What? They're like, mm-hmm, he's black. We're like, okay. Okay, anyway, I'm like, uh, wait, you guys, what? Okay, but when you're working on, sorry, that was a sidebar, emancipation, what did you do in that? How, what was your, what did you do? Well, tons of research. Once I got the call in February to do the film, I got the call way back in February. I immediately started research. The blessed part about that time frame, that's when photography was at its just beginning. And people were able to have a lot of stuff for you know, turn into photographs. So when you research that time frame from the mid to late 1800s, you have a lot of research. And that's what I did. I just researched, 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 researched up until I knew it was time for us to go to prep. I was grateful because they gave me at least four weeks because some shows, who I wish some producers listen, especially for period, you need at least four to six weeks to prep to really get that authentic yeah. look. But most, mm, sometimes they give you two. You're lucky if you get four. And women of the movement, guess how many I got? How many? Four days. Four days? Everyone looked bomb in that. <laughs> Almost died trying to make it happen. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up right now. I got a arm injury still to this day from that. I ooh, girl, that was a lot. It because it, it takes a lot to make that people don't get, especially with African American hair, it's a lot because it's Adrian lot. hair is twice Adrian hair twice as long as yours and just as thick. So to get all her hair down and to put her wig on daily. That was a process in itself. So oh my gosh. But I did all the, all of the, all of them. Wait, how did you get it down? Did you cornrow it? Yes, I cornrowed it and I had to cornrow it in a certain way because of her texture. And I'm grateful she was the type that would leave her cornrows up if she worked all week. She would just leave them up because that was a whole process. So every Monday we would, Braid it down and okay. go into that. But yeah, with emancipation, it was straight, straight, straight research. Once we got the actors and I know what type of texture of hair that they have, yeah. I already have reference 
And those were how, because I did every fitting with the background. I did every fitting with first team. I, everybody had to see me. It was nobody came through there, except for Will Smith, of course, because you know he has his own team, Pierce Austin, my boy. He does Will's um, wig on there, but I ran the department and did everybody, and I did Will's double. So when you see Will sometime running, that was me as well behind that hairstyle because me and him had to collab. He did the structuring of the wig. He made him and the director came up with the look, but I have maintained Got it. and kept up with the the uh, stunt double, which um, played a lot as well. And that's did very a key component as well because a lot of people don't understand because the, the main actor is doing certain things. You have to make sure as a designer, as a department head or key, when, or hairstylist in the industry, it's so important that you make sure that these people look the way they're supposed to look because when you're viewing, yeah, it just seems seamless. Because if I could tell you, you watching Emancipation, you wouldn't know it was Will or his double. And yeah. that's how be some movies you can be like oh man oh who is that like yes you can absolutely tell and in emancipation it is very it is stunning and i want to ask you because we all know that the finished product looks amazing did you have any challenges of course we had challenges of course like um that time it was uh covid high at its highest peak so just having access to be able to get certain textures of hair colors of wigs, types of wigs. I'm very fortunate that I can make stuff. So I was able to teach my team, because like even with the dummies on that show, we had to make actual wigs for every dummy that you see in that big <sighs> grade scene. Those were dummies that we actually had to make hair pieces for because the props people could not find already hair in the dummy. So those hard-headed dummies, you could tell it's a dummy if it don't have hair. Because yeah. I try to tell people all the time, hair tells the story. It can tell you what period. It can tell you. Yeah. It can tell you if you got money. It can tell you if you broke. It can tell you if you're a crackhead. It can tell you all sorts of things without saying nothing. So that's why I take my job so serious about making wow. sure that I do is very authentic. And with this one, I made sure that each texture was represented. Each length was represented in a way that when you watched it, you knew that was Tomas. You knew Will was who uh, was Peter. You could look at even the overseers. You see yeah. every overseer have a different look. That's very strategic for me. That's what I always do when I'm leading because I want you to go on that journey with that particular character. And so when you see, or like what I call the cookie cutter, everybody got the same look. It drives me nuts when you see a TV show, everybody got a part in the middle and long hair. Boop. You don't know if that's Bessie or Jean. You have to go back and be like, oh, but if I gave her a bob and then the other one had a curly hairdo, you can immediately notice and know that that's who that character is. And I yes. think that's a good service for a lot of the different, you know, characters that people play that a lot of times people don't really put that much emphasis in making sure that the structure of the look is developed in a certain way. I mean, you're the bomb. You clearly know what you're doing. And it's <laughs> it's really nice because I'm just like, I wish everybody who touched my hair when I'm on a commercial set or when I'm working, I wish they knew. And it, listen, I'm not trying to knock. I'm just saying it's nice. 
to just talk to somebody who knows it. you just know no i sat there and seen so many heartbroken folks and even i've been not always the boss and i just be sitting there and i see people's like help me and help like, me and i'd be like i wish i could but help. I not in the position but i've seen it and that's why i said when god elevated me that i was going to make sure that i knew i know what i know to be able to, and, and not just that, I teach classes, I've developed uh, classes that I'm going to launch this year, actually. Oh, um, congrats. I, thank you, under my production company, just to be able to start getting more people involved in understanding the craft and wanting to more, not just about hair, but our texture as well, and really just trying to encourage people to just kind of, and because you know, everybody have their own way of doing things. I'm not saying my way is the highway. I just know how I work, but I feel like knowledge is power. And the more that we bounce off and feed and educate each other and really push the narrative of making sure that when you come there and you feel represented and you know that this person really cares about your hair because yeah. our hair is on crown. And a lot of times people come on it, they treat your hair like it's a job or I don't care. or They don't I'm care about me. hair health. I'm like, exactly. hello, my edges. Exactly. And they'll do things that they don't even know or they see somebody else. Girl, do your research and you'll see that. No, you can't put edge control and go back with heat. Girl. Oh, oh, my God. So many, I've seen, girl, I've seen some things. I've seen some things. Oh, my gosh. That makes me cringe. But there's so many people that just don't know because they've seen somebody else or they've seen a YouTube video or they... Mm -mm. And then they wonder why they don't see the video of the second look, which is they don't have no hair. <laughs> right. So it's going to go. <laughs> but yeah, with Can emancipation, I it was a lot of research. Like I taught my team so many tricks. Even I pray all the time. I never take it for granted. The processing, because even with um, Charmaine's hair, making sure that her natural texture not only was taken care of, but because she was the lead female, I had to make sure that it read the period, which she didn't have a comb necessarily. She could have had a comb, but she could have not had a comb because most of them didn't. But I wanted to make it look like she had integrity because she had a husband, that she would take that extra time to really be able to cultivate not just herself, but her children. Because I can tell by Peter being a strong man, reading the script, by him being that strong man, that family man, I know that it reflected on her as a woman. So that's why I went the direction that I went, playing off her natural hair, but okay. making sure that the texture red and then doing types of things that I could do to make sure I can remake it every time because continuity is another time because another thing because you don't always shoot in order. So you have to make sure that yeah. you go back and be able to structure it. And a lot of times people don't. That's why when you notice some film, that yeah. you can tell it was a different day because they didn't have a format. I have a format even in a book that I'm going to develop next year uh, about teaching people how to keep up with continuity as well and how God had revealed it to me. And I can tell you from my Bible of emancipation, I can tell you exactly what I did in section one, two, three, and four of her hair. And I can recreate it right now if she walked in this room. Oh, I love that. And that's but on every show. <laughs> Can I ask you something? Yes. So I feel like being in hair, whether it's with, whether you're on camera or back behind camera, like it's an art. 
And there's a lot of faith that comes in that. It's not like, it's not a government job in mm -hmm. terms of, and I call Lion King a government job. Like anything that you're like, we know this is gonna last for the next three decades or more. Like, you know, like you are a freelancer and there's a lot of faith in that. And listening to you now, looking through your pages, it's clear that you're a woman of faith, as am I. And I, I just have a lot of respect for that. And I want to ask you, like, for me personally, I like have these, I've made up these 12 pillars in my mind of times in my life where I was like, oh, how am I going to come through this? And, and then God showed up and showed out. And I'm like, oh my God, how did that happen? And so I have these things that I can go back to whenever I'm like, in a position again where I'm like, oh God, I'm about to fall flat on my face or I'm about to fail or I don't know how I'm going to come through this. And I think about those 12 pillars of, okay, well, this one time or this on the sixth time, God did this. And I think about that. And you don't have to answer this, but is there anything in your life where you can think back where you were like, this looks like an impossible, and it doesn't even have to do with hair, it can, but where you felt like you were in an impossible situation? And God came through and was like, of course, I'm 50 years old, girl, soon be 50. How many times I've been in those situations? I almost died. I tr tr uh, attempted suicide. I've, girl, you name it. I've been attacked. I've allowed myself to get caught up trying to save people, help people, all these different things. Of course, I'm just so grateful that I have faith and that I know it works even though I'm human, you know, sometimes things emotionally attack us and it breaks us down. But even in that twinkling of that, <laughs> what that song, late in the midnight hour, God gonna turn it around. And around, <laughs> and around. It's so true. Cause just like even yesterday, my friend girl, she called me cause she know I pray and she know I believe. And her mom was in a fire on New Year's day and she was struggling oh. through what was going on and she hit me. She said, Mona, I have to share this with you because I knew you were going to be excited. And I was like, look at God. Because the moment she said, Lord, I can't do nothing else, phone call. I said, you see what happened when we let go? God literally called with the answer of what she had been dealing with for hours. Soon as she said, God, I'm done. I let go. It wasn't even 30 seconds, sis. Bam. I said, girl, I needed to hear that because that's why for me, a woman of faith is telling your testimony, standing on the word, knowing that it's true, even in your failures, even in your shortcomings, just know that everything has a re reason because my favorite and I stand on it, but we know that all things work together for the good of them to love the Lord and call according to his purpose. And I love God. So I know even though it may look like it's a stop. But it's not, it's a standstill because sometimes if you keep going down a certain road, you're going to get room. So I've learned even when jobs don't come or I, somebody say, oh, Mona, we don't want to use this no more. And then people are like, oh, such and such Tim might stole my job or such and that. No, baby, it's something that you needed to do at home that was way more important than you being on your job. That's why you lost that job. And I got a bigger and better job down the street because if you go home and take care of your family, which is needing you right now, then Come guess on. what? It's all about perspective. So for me, wow. I go with how God leads. That's all I can do. And I stand, but of course, I've had quite a few of those moments and, and probably going to experience more. But girl, what I do know, mm. <laughs> God is, 
and I will trust. Mm. <laughs> have um, we're wrapping up. I'm going to let you go soon. Um, have you been to the Oscars before? No, I have not. <laughs> Are you going to go? I pray I do. We're going to see after we have this amazing bake off um, coming up. And I'm just grateful for even the mention. It's a blessing yeah. just to be able to do this type of film. Because for me, I had a long understanding of Peter's story even before I got called. This was one I prayed for even before I even know Apple had got it. I was always wanted Peter's story to be told. What? So, yes, ma'am. So when I seen it pop up on Instagram that Apple had was trying to get, you know, had got Antoine and got Will to be in. And I was like, God, if it ain't me, please, Lord, please, God, let the right person. I don't want no drama with the hair. I want this man's story told. I was so adamant in praying. Yes. I'm to my phone into it like, God, come on, please. But I thought because it's such a big budget, I would never get called. Never get called. But I know God is able, but he knew my sincerity. Girl, so, and by the end of that year, after COVID, we finally get back to this. I hadn't forgot all about it because I'm thinking they're getting ready to shoot. And guess what happened? God whispers to my spirit, buy 1,800 books. I said, you know what? Okay. I tell my, my students, let me give me some 1,800 books. So I, I said, because every time you didn't show me before, I get called for something. Still ain't put emancipation together. The moment that my last book, that was in December, the right after Thanksgiving of 2020, when we went back, 2021, mm -hmm. come to February, I'm on Women of the Moving, minding my own business. Next thing I know, Spirit say, check your phone. And I was like, ah, I check it once I get, check your phone. I said, ah, what? I had to pull over. I screamed so hard because my son know how adamant I was about getting Peter's story. So oh. for me, being from Louisiana, I found out about him when I did the TV show Underground. Um, that's when I found out he was from Louisiana and I seen the picture and I was just like, every time I Google slavery, I'm like, what is, who is this man? Started down the rabbit hole, reading and reading and reading. And I was just like, wow, that would make an amazing story because this man had endurance. You can't make me believe that even now in 2023, with a GPS, with shoes on, with jackets on, that I would go in the swamp of Louisiana and play them reindeer games? Girl, bye. You would come up missing. So for this man to be ran for his freedom and his life, in that period, malnourished, no shoes, no... Girl, you can't tell me God wasn't with that man. You can't tell me that. That's why it was so inspiring to me to see his story. And then not just that, with the type of backing, these type of people that are at the top of their game that's going to bring it. Antoine, come on. One of the best directors out there. Will Smith, come on. Hands down. I knew as soon as I seen Will now, I said, Will is going to kill it. All yeah. the people. That and he does. With, he does. Yes. And everybody we work with, Miss Francine, the costume, I've worked with her on Just My <laughs> Kill It. Already the, the, the production supervisor, everybody, props, everybody came with a passion to get this story told and I and it blessed me even though we was out there in 120 degree weather sometimes lightning bugs alligators snakes you name it lady wow that is so wild but it and, was so worth it andrea it's it's so great talking to you because you can hear your gratitude you can hear your passion 
you can hear how intelligent, how, um, what is the word I'm thinking of when you just know what you're talking about? It is so inspiring and encouraging. And I just am like, I love to see, I love to see it. I love to see us doing big things. And I'm, I'm, I know we just met five seconds ago, but I am proud of you and I am excited for you. And I just, I know you're never going to stop working. So <laughs> listen, like, let's thank you, God. We will take it. Um, and thank you. How can people find you? How can they follow you? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, Andrea Mona Bowman and on Facebook. Same thing. I make it easy. My name, you can just um, plug me there. And if you have any questions or want to know a little something and watch out for Mona B Productions. You can follow me on that as well because I'll be dropping um, my launching my classes very soon on uh, film and hair designing. Awesome. All right. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Thank <laughs> you. It was a pleasure. Thank you, beautiful. <laughs> thank you. And that wraps another episode of Black Hair in the Big League. Y'all, I'm so honored to have such great guests on this show. And if there's somebody who you want to listen to, please drop me a note on my Instagram at Salisha Thomas or at Black Hair Podcast and slip into those DMs and let me know what you want to hear, who you want to hear from. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast, rate it, leave a review, tell a friend, follow us on Patreon at Black Hair in the Big Leagues. Y'all, I am so grateful that you are part of this community. It would not be the same without you. <laughs> Shout out to Wilton Music for producing my theme song, Love COD. Shout out to Colin Tabor for editing this episode and most of these episodes. And shout out to you for listening. Y'all, my heart is so big and I feel so grateful. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Black Hair in the Big Leagues. I'm your host, Alicia Thomas. See you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.